You're listening to Music You're Missing. My name is Brendan Gennetti, and we kind of have a different episode for you today. I'll be speaking with Stephen Thurston. He's the co-founder of Viva Seltzer. Viva was one of the first canned seltzers on the market, and it was founded right here in Boston. And let me tell you this. I randomly tried Viva before the Greasy Pole in Gloucester, if you're familiar, um, two summers ago. And I was genuinely like a huge fan. And when I saw it was a Boston-based brand, I just knew I had to get them involved with music you're missing somehow. So Stephen is going to come in studio, our brand new studio under Big Night Live. Shout out. Uh, Stephen's going to share some insights into his entrepreneurial journey talk about life at Viva, and provide some advice for fellow creatives and entrepreneurs, because I know a lot of our listeners uh, identify as such. So before I get him in the studio, if this is your first time here, hey, I'm Brendan. I have a master's in music business, and I've had like a million jobs in the industry. And throughout my career, I found that there are just so many talented artists that deserve a platform to have their music and their stories heard. So, alas, I built Music You're Missing, and here we are today. All artists featured on the show have their music playlisted on the official Music You're Missing Spotify playlist. So, if you're looking to discover your new favorite song, go check it out. Checking that out, it'd be great if you could rate the Music You're Missing podcast five stars on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on. I know it's super corny to ask, but the more five-star ratings we receive the higher likelihood our episodes get playlisted, which means even more exposure for our very talented guests. And finally, to stay up to date with all Music You're Missing events, episodes, giveaways, and more, follow us on Instagram at Music You're Missing. I promise that's all for me. I'm so excited to welcome Stephen Thurston, co-founder of Viva Seltzer, into the Music You're Missing studio. Welcome to Music You're Missing, Stephen. Um, obviously, Music You're Missing, it's a music show. So before we talk business and you talk your your journey about Viva Seltzer, uh, we got to chat music. So I got a few quick fire questions for you about music, if you don't mind uh, Absolutely. giving me your Thanks answers. for having me, Brennan. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, of course. I'm super stoked about this because uh, I'm a fan of the brand and I've got, I've got a story <laughs> that I'll share with you. But first, here we go. Uh, who was your first concert that you ever saw? Um, my first concert, I actually, I lived down the street from a uh, pretty, I don't know if it's famous or not, music venue in Connecticut uh, called Oakdale. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I lived on the top of the hill. It was right at the bottom of the hill. So I was, you know, kind of a teenager. Maybe I was 10, 11, 12. And my buddy's dad took us to go see Boys to Men. So that was my first ever concert. Great concert. Um Great songs, do love, you know, Motown Philly is a, is a, a great song. But uh, that was my first concert ever. Uh, definitely unforgettable. That's a good one. Because when, when people ask me, like, I kind of have a similar one. Like, Boyz II Men is kind of funny. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's right. a good first show. Mine was Kelly Clarkson. Very so, like, that's, it's, 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 it's humorous somehow. Right. Well, there was a decent amount of time where I was, I felt, you know, ashamed that that was my first concert. <laughs> like, it wasn't like Led Zeppelin or someone that, you know, really cool that I could say. But I actually, Boyz II Men, I am a big 90s music fan. So, uh, goes well with it. Well, that actually goes perfectly into my next question. What was the first album that you remember buying? Um, I the first I was we were talking before, but the first CDs I remember. I remember I went to the store like right when CDs came out, and I bought three, which was uh, Jock Rock, the blue one, right? Because we were talking about mixtapes before, and that was yeah. like that was like an original mixtape, right? Because they when did you have a, a CD or a cassette that had multiple different ones on it? Uh, the Spice Girls and their first album, what I forget what it was called, like the the big one, and then uh, the double um, Queen best hits. Okay. 
So it was, it was just like, uh, I remember going to Circuit City and uh, God rest her soul and, and buying <laughs> those three. But before that, I do remember tapes. Yeah, I know we were talking about that before. I, I'm like, obviously, I've been working music for quite some time, and I didn't realize that, you know, tapes and CDs kind of went so hand in hand. Oh, yeah, because when you, when you had a, when uh, CDs first came out, you know, to, you didn't have an MP3 cord or whatever, but you had to have your CD Walkman and um, you had a cord that plugged into the headphones and then it went into the tape player. <laughs> that's and that's insane. where it, and it was so much skipping all the time. And there was all <laughs> these different gadgets and gizmos to make sure that your um, CD didn't skip while you were driving. But I do remember those days uh, for sure. And I had those three albums all at once. You definitely had a budget or you didn't have a budget. <laughs> Um, so we actually also talked about this before the show, but you're not a Spotify guy. You don't use Spotify or you have Spotify, but it's not like your primary source. You're, you're a Pandora guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I was an Apple music person for a long time. Um, and actually first MP3 player though, I get a lot of flack from my buddies in college that I had a Zune. Do you know what Dude, a Zune was? Yeah, that, see, now you're speaking of my language. I probably would have given you a flag, too. There was like a huge iPod versus Zune. Like, what is it? Zune? Zune. Z-U-N-E. Yeah. yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, that was a huge um, That was a huge rivalry back in the day. I, I was a little anti-Apple uh, early on. Uh, maybe because I just didn't have it. And then I eventually, now I have everything Apple. Because it's easy to you know go from one, uh, your, your Mac to your phone to your iPad. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I was an Apple music person. And I still use Apple music a lot. But my, my latest and greatest is going back to Pandora because you know making playlists take a lot of time. Yeah, and um, I don't know. Maybe I like to make them, but I don't have as much access to new music or what I want to listen to live. Pandora does a really good job of um, giving you live music that uh, from the artists that you like. Yeah. So I go and like this, I like that. I'll add songs to my playlist. So I have a I have a Viva Vibes um, like playlist on my Pandora, and that's what I that's my go to. What musical genre would Viva be? You know, um, I was gonna yeah. I think that Viva is a little bit of a mix between there's this kind of laid back, almost like Kenny Chesney, you know, beachy vibe to it, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the nice weather. But also there's, and and maybe it's our partnership with with Big Night too, but like we really like the EDM. Yeah. And uh, the reason we like it is because we like the ump tempo and there's like a fitness, health and wellness uh, portion to Viva. And so that goes really well whenever you're, working out, right? Most people don't listen to like chill vibes when you're working out. It's a little bit more up-tempo you want to, you know, uh, get going. So I would say it's kind of a, it's a mix um, of of each. It's like a mashup. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, that definitely makes sense for like what I know about the brand, Um, which leads me into my last question before we get into like the actual business chat here is you got an unlimited budget. Which artists are you getting as as the Viva spokesperson? Um. it's funny because there's an artist early on that we really wanted to work with, and um, we sponsored their first concert. Or Same. first concert we sponsored here at Big Night Live was Two Friends. Oh yeah, and we've talked to them multiple times, and I still haven't been able to court them. Um, maybe a little bit of stuff on my side, on their side. They have different partnerships going on, but we love the idea of the mashups. We think of, um, like I was saying, is is it's like perfect. Also, it's two friends. You know, there's three of us that that started Viva, um, and we're all friends. And uh, so it kind of 
we've we've met him and talked to him. I would say that would probably be my first instinct. I really think that that. Um, I also I like how it plays across um, generations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have oldies songs that I listen to that my parents were that are mashed in a lot of '90s, love like the early 2000s, and then the new music. So um, it's kind of like our drinkers. We've got people who who drink that are you know 60 years old, and we've got people who are are 22 that are, are drinking Viva, and it's for everyone. And tequila salsa are timeless. Exactly. There we go. Um, so yeah, you you um, mentioned the kind of the EDM wellness vibe. And that's actually weirdly kind of how I was introduced to the the brand. I'm not lying. One of my wildest nights I've ever had in my entire life. It started with Viva, but in such a pleasant way. Um, you do you know Gloucester? Are you from the area? Yeah, yeah. So Gloucester every year has this thing called the Greasy Pole. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're familiar with the Greasy Pole? <laughs> it's a, for those that don't know, the Greasy Pole is, it's, some type of festival. It's like a like the Saint something. Festival. Yeah, I don't know what the festival it's is a, for. It's a huge festival. And like the entire town, city of Gloucester and surrounding towns, like they show up and they show out. And my friends and I were like, fuck it, like we're renting a limo. So we rented a limo and we went. But before like we, we did that, I had to go to the liquor store and like fill up the stuff for the limo. Our entire limo was Viva. Like that's what we were drinking. <laughs> that's awesome. And I remember, I think they were, it was, it's four in a pack, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember I got specifically like the, there was only um, one pack left of the elderberry. Elder, yeah. yeah. Elderberry. I was like, that one's for me. Like I, it just seems good. Like this one's, I'm just keeping for myself. They can have the other ones. And so they, I ended up not having any of them and my friends drank them and I was like actually kind of pissed. Right. And I was like, come on, man, I'm in the limo. I wanted <laughs> yeah. my elderberry. I, like, right. I got, the, I got the drinks. Uh, exactly. And anyways, I did just want to say that that night ended up becoming a wild night that my friends still recount. Um, and I'm so glad that did you or your friends kind of, do the greasy bowl? No, no, oh, God, okay. no. Yeah, it's actually like really coveted. Like yeah. it's really hard to get in the mix of being on the group. You got to know someone who knows someone. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, that's my goal. And then we went again this year. We'll be back next year. Oh, Viva will maybe we'll be spot- back in the limo. Honestly, Viva will sponsor. We'll yeah. have like the video I, I crew. Think I, I know how you could get a couple uh, for the limo ride. Yeah, they love it. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just want to let you know that I had a great brand. I This is before like you were even involved in Big Night. And I, I genuinely really did like it. And I continued to drink it brings me to my point i was surprised that i had not really seen tequila seltzer before um i guess my question is like how did you know that there needed to be tequila seltzer on the market ah uh, so that kind of goes back to like how viva came about um i was working so i worked my entire career at anheuser-busch uh, budweiser you know uh parent company abm bev my last job was here in, in boston so I lived in Colorado and Atlanta and St. Louis and New York and finally kind of ended up here. And we were doing a – we had a joint venture with Keurig Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And we were making a Keurig machine that made cocktails. Awesome. You put idea. a pot in, you get a, you know, a Mai Tai. You put a pot in, you get a martini. And things were going well. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And so um, we lost a lot of our funding as a company. Uh, and I left – uh, there in uh, May uh, and was playing golf. So actually, it's funny because uh, we, Massachusetts, I'm a big golfer now, or I, I have been, but uh, Massachusetts was the last state to open golf during the pandemic. And it was on May 8th. I remember Friday, May 8th. And I had left like the 6th. And I played 45 days of golf straight. 
Damn. <laughs> what else? Well, I don't know. Everyone has their story <laughs> yeah, as to what, what you did during the pandemic, do? right? So I played every single day, and I was on the golf course. Had a group of guys we played with all the time. Was drinking seltzers, but also drinking like tequilas. I remember the day it happened. I was drinking a high noon, and a, uh, I was drinking a tequila sunrise. Two, of course, we needed two drinks at, at once, right? <laughs> Got the and all the green. Um, I was looking at the, the the high noon and going, you know, this isn't that difficult to make, um, but you know, to make a product to compete with EJ Gallo, the largest wine company in the world who owns and created yeah. High Noon, is very difficult. So, so what's the next big thing? Like, what, 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 is, what is everyone else going to uh, want? And I said, you know, well, what am I drinking when I go out I'm drinking tequila? You know, you go to the club, everyone wants a bottle of tequila. Why? Why, you know, you go to the bar, you're getting a tequila soda. Why am I, why, you know, Stephen, why are you drinking it? Why are your friends drinking it? Because it's a little bit healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Lower calories, lower sugar, lower carbs. And so it's funny because I was always a beer person. You know, I was on the Brewmaster's Taste Panel at, at Budweiser. Uh, and I love, I, I love beer, and I'll still have uh, beers um, whenever. You know, they don't sell Viva in every store, so I, I <laughs> sometimes I have to choose. But I was like, tequila, this is what everyone's gravitating towards. This is what I'm gravitating towards. This is what my friends are gravitating towards. Why don't we put tequila soda in a can versus vodka soda in the can, right? Just like a little bit better for you. Yeah. And um, I think that's a little bit of the ethos of the brand is like, just be be better, um, be incrementally better, just a little healthier. Um, that's a lot lot to do with what, what we're trying to build. Definitely. And I kind of want to add too, like I think when people talk about like the healthiness of alcohol, it's like, of course it's alcohol at the end of the day, but it is genuinely a healthier choice. I think it's, is it 88 calories per yep. can? Um, and I mean, if like when you're on the golf course, you're definitely having more than two, you yeah. know? So after a while, like it does catch up to you. And if you're slugging something that is so like high saturated and like sugar and it's just like super carbonated or something, it's, it's gross. It makes you feel gross. Um, that's just, I think that's why I kind of like it. It's yeah. Because it's like a light taste and you can have... We made, You know, when, when we're coming up with everything in the kind of the, the, the brief of the brand, we want it to be very... I call it sessionable. It's something that I took from, from AB. Like, you want it to be drinkable. You want it to be clean, crisp, clear, and gone. So you don't want it to linger on your palate. You just want it uh, to be refreshing. And refreshing is the number one comment we get. Everyone... Oh my God, that's very refreshing. Perfect. That's exactly what we're going for. We 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 hit the mark on that. Yeah. Um. You you want someone to right? It's the same thing as if you had a good um um meal, right? You eat the first bite. You're ready. You are kind of salivating for the next bite, and that's that's what we wanted. Not some drinks that you have that you're like, oh, this was great, but. I'm going to move on to something else. I'm going to have a beer or a glass of wine, something a little bit more refreshing than this cocktail. And, and the zero sugar is a big piece of that. Yeah. Um, you don't want it to be very sugary, uh, which is tough these days because there's a lot of sugar in, in everything. <laughs> yeah, literally everything. So before the pandemic, did you know that you wanted to do something like this or was this like truly born and inspired by the free time of the pandemic? Um. I wouldn't say that Viva Tequila Seltzer has been always on my mind. I wanted to start a canned drink. Uh, I took the job internally at AB here in uh, Boston because we started a company kind of from scratch. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a flyer, right? Stay with the big company mothership. Um, you know, I think it, it's, a, it's probably a question that a lot of entrepreneurs have gone through and or um, are 
are going through, maybe the future ones is, you know, what do I do? When's the right time to, to jump in? And I don't know if there's a right time for everyone, but, um, you know, the, the CEO of our company had, he asked me, you know, come and run HR for this new joint venture. And I was like, well, I have a job offer to go over here into sales. So like, I don't know if I'm going to do that. But I thought about it and I said, you know what, even if it doesn't work out, the experience that I'm going to gain, you know, starting up this joint venture, they call them like entrepreneurs at the time, right, is going to be so invaluable and I want to do this eventually. You know, I would love to start my own company again. I had one in college um, with some buddies and uh, my family, you know, had my grandfather started a company that my dad then ran. So I feel like it's in the blood a little bit, but like, (laughs) you know, so you you gotta like when do you make that that leap? Yeah, I was kind of pushed into it, but I'm glad I'm happy for it because you know you need that little uh, extra kick. Um, sometimes it's just like the idea, but yeah, there, you can go into days and days on um, you know on the early days there weren't there weren't that many people that not believed in me not believed in me but believed in the product or it's just difficult to you know, Brendan, hey, let me tell you about this idea I had, yeah. right? Versus I've got this product that's made, This here's the sample cans, do you like this? Well, totally different, right? Yeah, I mean, well, as someone who honestly like doesn't know anything about this, it's wild to me that this came to be in like July 2020, and now it's, what? what is it, November 2023? Yeah. It seems like that's a, not a lot of time for like the amount of exposure that the brand has and like its availability and the fact that you actually like have a product out. I was the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking about it is did you have to go through a lot of like hoops because it's an alcohol? So I would imagine that's like a highly regulated regulated industry. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it's but it, it's kind of like one of the only industries that I know. Like as in depth, so True, I, they I just assume you know, I've yeah. never made uh, a beverage product or a food product or a CPG product that wasn't not regulated. Um, I guess when when we started the company in college, it was uh, we called it GoPro Sports Shots, and then we were we were actually pivoting to Stick a Pick. But basically, it was um, you know you want a picture of Brendan you know doing uh, a podcast and you stick it on the wall like a fat head. Oh, cool! Right, and that was the the company, but yeah, that was that was pretty unregulated. We did whatever we want, whenever, right? <laughs> You're calling it's all right. Yeah, but now it's uh, you know we have to file our labels with the TTB. We have to file our recipes with the TTB. Uh, if you don't know what the TTB is, is called the Tax and Trade Bureau, which is a subsidiary of the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, mm. which is the regulating body in the U.S. for alcohol. Now. You know, in Mexico, they have the CRT, which is overseas uh, tequila, and you have different ones in every single country. Every state has a liquor commission. You know, there's the ABC here in Mass. You know, we want to go in, we have to go to Maine. Uh, We just got into Maine a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my girlfriend Jen and I were up there filing all the paperwork. Well, I had to file all the paperwork, and then they called me that day. I happened to be there. They were like, you need a $1,700 check. Um, you know, to finish this application. Yeah. And uh, what's the capital of Maine? Is it Bangor? Bangor, yeah. yeah. They're like, you got to, and, and you got to, it's got to be delivered to Bangor. I'm so sorry. It might be Augusta. I need to Google that actually for fact check. No, you're right. It is Augusta. 
It is. And I had yep. to drive. I drove from Portland to Augusta. It was like an <laughs> hour. Sucks. I had to go get to the bank, get a bank check to go to this, you know, Department of Revenue or whatever. But like, there's a lot of paperwork and, yeah. and stuff. Like, you can't, at least in this industry, I don't think it's in any industry, you can't be um, adverse to like administrative work. Mm hmm. Right. There's a lot of stuff. It's not all going out to bars and drinking and partying with, you know, two friends or when Alesso comes here or Dylan Francis. Like that, you know, we were sponsoring Dead Mouse uh, tonight at Sick. Memoir, right? But that's not, that's, that's one <laughs> thing that's fun, uh, but it's not all. Of that. Yeah, there, there's yeah, some yeah. like kind of tedious things for sure. Clearly, because you said to drive to Augusta. Um, <laughs> yeah, so another cool thing about uh, Viva is the flavors are, are unique. So not only is it unique because it's tequila seltzer, but it's also, you got elderberry, watermelon, huckleberry, grapefruit. There's definitely like a vibe to them. You hear that? That's <laughs> the crack open of a fresh watermelon. Is that your favorite flavor? It is. It's my favorite, yeah. Okay. Although um, I do I do cheat and lie sometimes, and when people ask me if I'm doing tastings, what's my favorite flavor? I'll say whatever I'm selling at that point. Yeah. Or Huckleberry, which is the, the fan favorite. Yeah, I saw that it won like awards, actually. So, so I, I, yeah, sorry, go on. Elderberry, you're, the Elderberry, one that you yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, Elderberry yeah. won number one hard seltzer in the world uh, at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. So in 2020, we had just launched. So we launched on Thanksgiving Day of 2021. So this is our two-year anniversary of being on the shelves. Oh. We're, we're actually you know, celebrating this week. And so, but early 2022, the San Francisco World Spirits Competition is taking entries. Uh, I was living in San Francisco with one of my co-founders, Chris, at the time. And so we said, well, let's just enter it. Like, you know, it was down the street. The drop-off point was like down the street. Yeah. And so we were like, we took some Vivas over there, like dropped them off. Like, oh, okay, we'll see what happens. I think the entry fee was like $100 for, <laughs> for an entry. And so we we're like, we can, afford, we can afford a $100 entry. And they called us maybe... Three or four months later, and I remember the girl, Amanda, uh, called me, and she was like, yeah, are you going to be able to make it? We're having a gala on um, June 25th. Uh, can you make it? I was like, uh, yeah, I think I can. I checked my calendar. I'm sure. I was like, oh, I'm playing a golf tournament that day, but yeah, I, could probably, I can come that night. She's like, you should really come to the gala. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'm there. And uh, I started feeling that, that that's what she was saying, but uh, Elderberry won number one. So there's 750 entrants. Damn. So all the high noon flavors, all the cut water flavors, um, all of our competitors had entered, and Elderberry won number one. We got medals and everything, but Elderberry won double gold, and then all the double golds are put into a finalist pool, and they do, um, you know, who's the best of, cl best of class is what they call it. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Was that like, I mean, it seems like you weren't even like seeking validation because you kind of just entered it randomly. But did that like put some confidence and some pep in your step? Oh, yeah, for sure. It was, it, you know, and that competition, there's a ton of competitions and a ton of medals out there and and every other brand has has something. Um, but that competition, I think, was pretty pretty big because Tito's won it in 2001, best wow. vodka in the world, and they took off from there. And they're, they're the number one vodka in the world, or at least in the U.S. I don't know about the world. And according uh, to me, yeah, that counts. <laughs> and then Casamigos won in 2014, and wow. now they're the number one tequila. Um, so it was, it was like, wow, you know, it, it might not, taste is very um, subjective. And so everyone's going to, some people like a couple of our flavors and they're not as high on the other flavors. Some people like our products, some people don't. But 
to have these people who are so-called experts say that it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, we'll take that and we'll run with it. Uh, so we have, and you know, we we say it all the time. Number one hard seltzer in the world. It was also the first year that they had hard seltzer as a category. Ah. So it's a sp- spirits competition, right? So there's 50 different categories of bourbon. All right, I'll tell you a funny story. So we're at, we're sitting at the co- competition, and I'm playing. I played in a member guest in Napa earlier in the day, and so. Um, my brother and I played in it, and then my girlfriend Jenna, his wife Amanda, who works for us, uh, Amanda does, we drive from Napa to San Francisco. It's at the Ritz in San Francisco. We had a couple drinks beforehand. <laughs> couple of And then we pick up Chris, uh, our, my co-founder, and his wife Marguerite. So we go, we valet the car at the Ritz, whatever, we're going in there. We're late, shocker. <laughs> we're, 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 and we sit down, and there's one, there's like a couple of seats left that Chris had uh, saved for us. And we're sitting with this family uh, that owns this bourbon. So, like, there's 500 people in the ballroom, and they're all the people who are up for awards. And there's other people, there's press and stuff there. So, we had saved these seats. And they had on our table a couple of, there's Vivas, and then they had this bourbon. They had a bottle of bourbon. And they're like, Do, Would you like to try our bourbon? Sure, yeah, for, of course fire it over here. Oh, this is great. This is really good. And I remember one of the the son or the daughter, you know, there was a uh, father uh, and a uh, husband and a wife, and then there were three kids with them. And they were all very proud. They're like, yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win. Like this is, uh, you know, we we have the best one for sure. We know we're going to win. And I was like, oh, that's cool. We're happy to be here, you know? (laughs) They were like, well, how long have you been in business? We're like, ah, we started like couple months ago, <laughs> right? And then you, you see the shock on their face. Yeah. And they're like, we've, we have this, we've had this distillery for, you know, generations, and this is our best bourbon ever. I was like, oh, okay, that's great. It tastes, it tastes amazing. Sure shit. Uh, you know, the bourbons come up, uh, and they don't win. Ooh. And we're like, the next category. <laughs> Like in hard seltzer, and the winner goes to Viva Tequila Seltzer. Right? <laughs> the people we, who entered on Chris win. and I look at each other like, uh, I guess we got to go up on stage and, and collect our award. Oh my God, they were furious. You can see the steam, <laughs> you know, coming off of them. But that's yeah, funny. That's funny so story exciting, to tell man. now. Hey, you're a disruptor. Yeah, and it's, it's clearly working because we fast forward three years from when you found it. Um, it's now available outside of New England. Ongoing expansion. Um, you kind of mentioned that you alluded to some new flavors. What uh, what are you working on? And can you share? I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. I, I I brought these these two that we're we're working on. These are samples. So uh, this is blood orange. Love that. And and goji berry. Um, Sweet. So new flavors. You know, you add, you added about the distinct flavors. We always wanted to be unique. You know, what one of our kind of internal mottos is: we don't want to be the same black cherry and um, lime that everyone has because yeah. there's a, there's a ton of competition out there. There's a lot of seltzers out there. So, how do I pitch Brendan and say, "Hey, Brendan, this is the best black cherry seltzer you've ever had. <laughs> Believe me, you should try it." And you're like, "Listen, I've had 15 of them. They all taste the same. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're, one might be a little bit better than the others, but they're the same." So we we're like, "We want to do something different with flavors, and it's almost it's more of the." I always say it's the Steve Jobs um, method versus kind of the Microsoft method, which uh, Steve Jobs is always like, you know, the consumer doesn't know what they want because they can't even fathom what's possible. 
So I'm just going to make it for them and they'll be very happy. Where it's like the Microsoft side is like, give us all your user feedback. We'll combine it and we'll tell you exactly. Oh, we'll make whatever you're looking for. But, you know, Steve Jobs is always like, you don't, the consumer doesn't even know what they're looking for, right? So you have to build it for them. Yeah. And so we kind of go more in that way as like, if you ask, if you, have a, if you do a consumer, um, uh, I was going to say roundtable, but whatever, uh, consumer insights, and you say, you know, what flavors do you like and do you want? They're going to tell you the same things over and over. Lemon, lime, um, uh, orange, uh, strawberry, and citrus. Right? Like those, it, over and over, it happens. I mean, I worked at a big company. I've seen the insights oh, every single time. Yeah. So that's what, but that's what every big company does. And he's like, you got to be different. People want to be different. And it's funny, we were talking about like the 90s and uh, music in the 90s and how cassette tapes go to CDs. And I always equate it to when early when we were growing up, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but you had Coke and Pepsi. Um, you didn't have as much more, but then you start to get the Dr. Peppers, you start to get the um, the Surge. I don't know if you remember Surge. Yep. The Mountain Dews, you get Coke, Cherry Coke, Vanilla Coke, Vanilla Cherry Coke, right? So this proliferation of flavors and where before, if you go like this, was the Pepsi Challenge in the 70s or the 80s? I forget. Do you know what the Pepsi Challenge I was? I don't know that one. You know the Pepsi Challenge no. was? No. Oh, it was like an OG challenge. We're going to go down like a tangent. <laughs> well, Pepsi, so Pepsi was getting killed by um, Coke. And so they said, oh, we're going to reformulate. And they reformulated and they did the Pepsi Challenge. And turns out they made they remade a their drink so that if you were to taste it, boom, I taste a Pepsi, I taste a Coke, I choose the Pepsi every time, right? And they, had, they did this as the Pepsi challenge. They had commercials for it and everything. Everyone was choosing Pepsi, choosing Pepsi, choosing, pe- <clears throat> choosing Pepsi. So, uh, and the funny thing is about that is the way they did it is they put more sugar in it and they made it sweeter, <laughs> right? Yeah. And people actually then preferred Coke. If you were going to drink a can or two cans, people preferred Coke. But if you pref- uh, drank one sip, you preferred gonna, Pepsi. Yeah. But either way, like early on in, in like the 90s and at that point in time, the difference between Coke and Pepsi was like this. You know, people would be like, you like Coke? You like Pepsi? It's so far apart. But now when you add on flavors uh, like, like Mountain Dew and Cherry Coke and Vanilla Coke, right, Coke and Pepsi become like this. And all these other flavors come on the outside because they're totally different. Yeah. And so the flavor or the, the palate of the consumer is different, especially growing up in the 90s and the 2000s. Like you, know, you have the – what is the Coke machine the, that they have now? And, oh, yeah, where you like, uh, can choose literally You choose whatever you, you want. want that, it's got the yeah. funny name, right? You can have – and then you can mix them, right? You're yeah. like, I want you know, Fanta root beer and Fanta orange, and I'm going to make my own flavor. So the, the, the consumer who's grown up in the 90s and the early 2000s that's now 21 and drinking age likes different flavors, right? They don't want the same old, same old. Yeah. And that was – Long, a long way to get to. That's why we wanted to make different flavors. Yeah. And and there's like there's a little bit behind it, right? I mean, every flavor has it. Um, you know, huckleberry is the state fruit of Montana. It's a pretty cool, it's like a kind of a cross between a blueberry and a blackberry. Looks like a, a small blueberry when it's ripe. And if you ever go to Montana, Idaho, um, <clears throat> or Wyoming, right, it's everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. And we, so we were on a, um, a bachelor party for one of our, college teammates, Chris Pronchak and I. 
and we were in Montana. He wanted to go hiking at Glacier Mountain National. Park. Dude, yeah. And, <laughs> I had a Montana phase. I lived there for like a few months. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was and we, but we had Huckleberry everything. We had this Huckleberry beer from Big Sky. Like we should, we're, and we were starting Viva at the same time. We're like, we should make a Huckleberry flavor. It sounds great. And it turned out, you know, I remember people early on telling me like, ah, oh, that's a, that's a silly idea. Like make a lemon, make a lime, you know, a margarita. Margarita is the number one cocktail in the U.S. Like why wouldn't you just make a lime flavor? That's what, uh, Martin, you want to know? Uh, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't well, say no. <laughs> why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want I a lime this flavor? part of the right? podcast. Uh, Thank you. So I was like, well, we don't want to make a lime because everyone has a lime. And so I'll give you the rundown on our flavors. Elderberry. Have you ever had a lot of people take elderberry supplements, it's like kind of got a lot of immunity properties. Um, so it's kind of this health and wellness. Shocker, I take elderberry supplement. <laughs> um, so that's why we did elderberry. It goes with the whole health and wellness piece. Um, huckleberry, I told you about the trip. That's why we did that. Watermelon, my favorite flavor. I've always liked watermelon, all the other watermelon um, kind of seltzers. But ours is a little bit different. I tried to make it the way I think that watermelon would be, and which is... If you bite into a piece of watermelon, what does it taste like? Not like when you have like other watermelon. It tastes like things. it yeah, tastes like nothing. It tastes thing. like water, yeah, really. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of there's not much flavor. And the flavor experts of the world made w- the watermelon flavor like this cross between a cherry and strawberry flavor, and they called it watermelon because they needed something. Mm-hmm. But we think it's it, a piece of watermelon is very refreshing. We call it a, more of a riny watermelon, like you're eating closer to the rind of the watermelon. Um, that's why I made it green, Celtics green. Uh, and uh, I think it's very refreshing almost. Um, you get kind of creamy vanilla notes to it. My favorite. And then grapefruit is the Paloma. If you've, you've had a Paloma yep. before. Number one cocktail in Mexico. So it's a little bit of us paying homage to Mexico, tequila, the roots of, um, of the liquor. And it puts the most down the middle flavor and it's a lot it's a big entryway into the brand um for people who are scared of you know elderberry huckleberry are those are those even fruit (laughs) get that question all the time (laughs) that's really that's funny because i i'm like myself i would always and i told you about the huckleberry i'm always going to go to like the weird flavors first before i try like the the more standard things like look at the grapefruit um the watermelon i will say i've had all these flavors except watermelon so watermelon is gonna be my third <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, that being said, okay. Like, before I let you go, you got a busy day ahead. Um, obviously, you're an entrepreneur yourself. We just talked about this for the past like 40 minutes. A lot of our listeners are creatives. Um, they're independent business people, if you will. So I'm just kind of curious. Like, what advice would you give them, or like, what is the biggest piece of learning that you've had throughout this journey? Um, it's funny. I was having this conversation earlier today, and you know, yesterday was a tough day for me and the business. You know, I was trying to get a couple different deals done and it seemed like all three of them were in the shitter. And I was pissed because they were my top three items on my priority list. And I woke up this morning, I was a little down in the dumps. And by eight o'clock, I had three notes in my inbox and, and had been able to turn some things around and Things were just going in the totally different direction. And, you know, in less than 12 hours. Yeah. Um, and it's tough because there's not that much going on. Not, there's not that much going on, but like things can change and it's a roller coaster and you kind of got to ride it out and um, shitty things are going to happen. 
you know, people are going to, employees are going to come and go, even the ones you, you really want to stay, the ones uh, that, that, that go on to, to different places. So I would say stay the course. And you never know, you know, you start the business. Um, I always like Slack as, a, as an example. Do you know like kind of yeah. background about Unfortunately, Slack? Unfortunately, I'm all too familiar. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good. Like they started the company doing one thing and totally had no idea that they had this piece of software that everyone wanted and used. Yeah. And they made a whole business out of it. Now they're worth billions. It's, it's crazy to think that, um, you know, you're going down this one path and, and sometimes you get tunnel vision in that, you don't think you can ever do anything besides what we're doing, right? Um, you know, we we look at we're doing tequila seltzer now, but you know, what's the broader scope of of the company is like health and wellness. Like you, we want to be healthier, just a little bit healthier. And if everyone just gets on that health train a little bit more, it's going to be better um, for not just you, but your your circle of family and friends, um, and uh, you know, the greater world. So yeah. you know, you're that's the way we look at it is just keep, keep trucking through is what I would say. Um, don't, don't get discouraged with all the losses that come because there's a ton of losses. Yeah, no, that's some great advice. It's, it's definitely easy to, it's easier to focus on the negative than it is the positive and then let that actually impact the, the product that you're trying to produce or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, well, Stephen, this has been a great conversation. I wrap up every interview though with this question completely unrelated to Viva and honestly, I'm going to do a special case for you and unrelated to golf because it seems like that's where you've been the last few days. All right. what, uh, what goals do you have for the near future? Like, what do you hope to accomplish in the near future? Um, it's funny, you know, I'm going to turn a little at golf. Like, I want to breaking 70 is like a goal for me. <laughs> uh, and it, and it's, it's the winter now, so there's not as much golf being played, but that's definitely on my list. I knew, I just, I knew it was going to be something <laughs> golf related, so I wanted to press Well, it. I figured the U.S. Open was going to be too high of a, a, a goal. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 one of the struggles I have is traveling a lot for work and eating healthy and uh, working out consistently. You know, I got up at five this morning, five five thirty, and to to fly to Boston from Florida, and it's so I didn't go to the gym, and now I got things going on all day. Now when when do I work out? So I'm trying to get back down. I'd like to be you know in a little bit better shape. Uh, I want to be. I want to crack under the 200 pound threshold is my goal right now. There we go. Uh, you know, numbers aren't everything, but it's a nice gauge, you know? Yeah. We always say, if, if you can't track it, you can't change it. <laughs> and then, and yeah. so that, that, that's a goal right now, um, for sure. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same vibe as you. I go to um, a Lifetime, yeah. which is like this fancy-ass gym. I, I mean, it's not that fancy, but still, the fact that I got to sell Viva at the Lifetimes. What did you say? I said, we sell Viva at the Lifetime. Oh, no shit. Yeah. In... Boston? Uh, is there one in Boston? We do the one in There's, Burlington. I know, and yeah, Chestnut Hill. The Chestnut Hill uh, yeah, okay. Chestnut Hill. That's so funny. I never actually have gone to the bar there because I'm like, I don't know. I never go to the bar at the gym. Yeah, but <laughs> that's I left. Not the first thing time. you think of after you finish working out. <laughs> first thing I had to go. <laughs> no, but I feel you. I purposely like my membership's like two hundred and sixty dollars, and then I have the add on. So I'm like, if I'm paying three hundred plus, like I gotta go every damn day. right. Like I've got to fit it in. Um, Anyways, probably cut but that's the idea. You need a little. Sometimes you need that friction. Like people who have those home gyms, it's like, well, I could, I could do oh, it now, yeah. but I can't. Like I gotta, gotta get no. somewhere and do it. And sometimes pay. Listen, if you got to pay a couple hundred bucks a month to be in good health, 
It's the best couple hundred bucks you're ever going to spend. Dude, I love that. Tell that to anyone who looks at my bank account and is like, why do you do that? That's why it makes me better in the brain. I mean, do you need Hulu, Hulu, (laughs) Spotify, Netflix, Apple? Do you need all those? Probably not. Uber Plus when I don't Uber? No. (laughs) Right. Um, All right. Anyways, thank you so much for coming into the studio. This was a pleasure. I'm super excited to to see the new flavors when they get on the shelves and maybe try these ones out. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brendan.